0: Welcome back to Flight School. My name is Brian Padgett. Joined once again, as always, by Will Chapin. Will, how are we doing? We got to see that the Buffalo Bills fall to their demise a bit this weekend. We got to see Todd Bowles make a pretty big clock gaffe, uh, things we've, we've been accustomed to in the past few years. How's your weekend? What did you think of the, uh, the divisional round action?
1: Uh, it was good, Brian. Uh, I think it's pretty funny how the AFC East pretty much crumbled in the last five or so weeks. It was, you know, the, everyone thinking the Pat's going to get Vrabel or something. And then, you know, they go a, a smaller in-house hire, and then you go from the bills getting, uh, losing to the chiefs after, after all that build up and the dolphins getting blown out or the both teams losing to the chiefs. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm doing good. You know, it, it is the off season, a lot of hypotheticals going around, but, uh, but yeah, good divisional rounds. Some good games, some not so good games. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we're starting to see uh, that there definitely is a pretty big gap between the between the Jets and the teams left right now.
0: There's been a weird, like almost just unusual calmness. It feels like in in Jets world over the past few weeks or so. Like we're not really talking about the draft yet. The the, the season's still going on, so obviously, you know, we don't know. Uh, you know whatever, who's going to shake free and and there's not really any free agency hypothetical talk even going on yet. It's been awfully quiet, just sort of running out the clock here on these last few weeks. I don't know if it's just a me thing, but I'm I actually curious. I, I've had like just minimal real interest in these playoffs. I, I can't almost bring myself to sit down and watch one of these games. It, it almost just feels like this season was so infuriating. I'm like, I, I'm just done with with football on the 2023-2024 front. I don't know if you feel the same way or... Or you're enjoying them more than I am.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think one of the big things definitely bring me back is you know visiting uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. But in terms of watching <laughs> the actual games for the for the entertainment purpose, I mean it is nice to you know see see Lamar and see the Ravens like like a newish team, like something we're not used to in the playoffs going far. But you know then you have the Chiefs and it's like all right, how many times are we going to see this? And it's cool to see the Lions win and stuff like that and a couple of new teams. You know a little small Baker run, but. But yeah, it just, I mean, our season was over like week, week 10, like we've been right. pretty last year, you know, we were going until basically like week 15, 16, we were like all the way in it, like, all right, who, who could we potentially play in round one? And this year it's like, basically in week one, four snaps in our season was over, but by what week, whatever, nine, whatever you want to say. It's like, we we're like, all right, after Black Friday, will see you really, next year. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's been one of those years where I'm, maybe it's just the frustration of everything. DraftKings and FanDuel were keeping me engaged on, uh, on Wild on wildcard weekend. And then I I didn't do as well as I hoped. So so this weekend I had to to have make it a little bit of a lighter one. Um, but I will say before we really get going, my random tidbit is that I've been betting on Tucker Kraft to score a touchdown for like six weeks straight, and he never was scoring. And of course I didn't bet him this week and he scored for the Packers in their uh, yeah. in their loss to the 49ers. So that was that was the like low light, I guess, of, of my weekend. Um, but so so let's talk today a bit about the, the sort of takeaways from from the first two weeks of playoff football that we've seen and, and just sort of in tracing those back to the Jets and and just sort of what we can what we can take away as we look toward next season um, and hopefully obviously have the Jets playing at at least this weekend, this past weekend. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, the, the 23rd um and just sort of i guess we'll yeah we'll just start with you what what do you think literally from a jets perspective in, in watching these playoffs a jets fans perspective even what is your number one sort of you know just sort of interesting takeaway that that you're 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 coming away from this year with i guess
1: yeah i mean i would say points is first and foremost obviously you know if we, if we go back to last year and like maybe the jets sneak in with with eight or nine wins it's like that team is obviously going nowhere despite the great defense i mean look at the browns this year um got smoked by a young quarterback and a well-coached team in the texans and and you look and you think like question got asked is can robert Sala can you really envision him winning playoff game and out coaching another whatever top eight top seven coach in the afc like can you really see that happening and that's a question you got to ask and and when you look at the points it's like yeah you're hoping the jets can maybe be 15th in offense next year but it's like then when you're going to play at baltimore next year or at kansas city in the afc championship game like are you really going to be able to go stride for stride because you're going to be playing great offenses who are going to tear up the jets defense you know as well as well as the jets did play against good quarterbacks this year for the most part it's like you're in the playoffs you're not winning 13-7 or or nothing with a safety, you know, you need points and 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 that's why it's so important for the Jets to go after, you know, wide receiver two and uh maybe a little more running back depth and obviously backup quarterback. But I mean if it gets the back quarterback, the Jets aren't going anywhere. But yeah, I mean the the Jets gotta the Jets gotta keep adding it offense. You know the defense is pretty much set for the most part. At this point, it's like what is going to get you on over the hump and make Aaron Rodgers life as easy as possible.
0: I think you make a great point. I definitely am coming away with the same sort of mindset in offenses are, are beaten defenses in these games. Um, I, I wouldn't say that's really a surprise. Uh, you know, of course there are the Ravens whose, whose defense has been otherworldly, but also have been pretty damn good and efficient on the offensive side of the ball. So I think that caveat uh, is important, but yes, we saw Cleveland get smoked um, by CJ Stroud. We saw, Jordan Love tear up that Cowboys defense, which was banged up and not quite playing at the level maybe that they've played at in in previous years. But I, I think it's clear that you know, like the advantage, uh, just naturally right now is is for is on the offensive side. It's it's for those offensive coaches who know you know schematically what a defense is is likely going to try and do to attack their offense and sort of have that ability to to counter punch a bit more. I would say um in, in, in their play calling than than a defensive coordinator can. And I think we see that throughout the Jets season, right? Where like some fans are who are, you know, the crazy ones on Twitter are, are freaking out when the Jets defense inevitably has an off week every once in a while. And like in the NFL, I don't think it's really fair to even expect any defense to to just be at that that insane level really that we've saw from Baltimore, aside from like the game they had against the Rams earlier in this year all season. Um but but I think it, it's defense, and obviously tied into that, as you mentioned, is coaching. Um, look, we, we we know the Jets are uh, are sticking with the majority of their staff. We did get some news today that uh, they are you know at least looking to make a change at running backs coach, perhaps a few more to come on the offensive side. There's been some chatter about defensive line coach Aaron White needing an extension uh let's just let's pose the question this way with a few enhancements on the offensive side in particular, do you think this staff and almost including Aaron rodgers in that staff effectively is capable of going toe to toe with with some of the best of the best in a in a playoff game next season?
1: I mean, why should we at this point? I mean, you know we we haven't experienced the full season of Rodgers, and you know what he can really like we have no idea maybe their offense like their play calling seemed brilliant if if Rogers plays 17 games and, you know, we actually see maybe Zach Wilson's couldn't execute it, but at the same time, it's like, how much can you really trust Rogers to go out there completely flipped? You know, the play calling, the execution, everything. It's like, when you look at all these, all these teams, all these great teams who make a deep run in the playoffs and they lose their offensive coordinator. It's like the jets haven't had that in forever. And the jets obviously does not have that now under, under Hackett or the, a tight ends coach, a running back coach, a wide receiver coach goes on and on. And I just have a hard time believing that that Rogers is going to be someone who just magically makes the Jets look brilliant on offense. And it works beautifully. And, you know, they can run the ball, they can throw the ball, they can protect anything on and on. But but at the same time, I mean, it, it, it can't get much worse than what we saw this year. And, you know, Rogers Rogers will have a system in place that, you know, will be a significant upgrade over this year. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, obviously, it would have been nice if we made some meaningful additions to the offensive staff. I mean, maybe there's a tweak or two, but for the most part, it's gonna be running it back with the same unit. And the Jets are just basically gonna have to rely that the continue, continuity and the familiarity with the with the system that Rogers had in Green Bay and all these these guys from Green Bay that he's brought in is gonna be enough to to get over the hump of a incredible offense like Andy Reid's or, or Todd Munkins in Baltimore and and that's that's a tall order for someone who who's coming off a year where he played four
0: snaps. I think that I think that at this point based on what we read in the offseason, seasons feel free to to tell me if you disagree. It's probably not hyperbole to say that Aaron Rodgers is legitimately going to be the offensive coordinator effectively next season. I think that that's yeah. probably like, you know, that, that we've kind of joked about that and to put that going into this year. But I think that, you know, what he does at the line of scrimmage is, you know, more, more important and going to be more indicative of the success of a, of a play than the actual play that, you know, Hackett calls in the huddle um, and, and who knows if Rogers is even, you know, of the time gonna gonna follow through on that it seems like their relationship is in a good way perhaps you know very collaborative and and it's very sort of equal um uh, so I look the Jets in a way my sort of longer point and thinking about that is is okay do they effectively have a new offensive coordinator this year in Aaron Rodgers with what he can do and how he can manipulate the line of scrimmage you're looking at the same offensive line coach with Keith Carter and you're hoping that his second year with with the offensive system uh it can just i don't know help help with his familiarity and an ability to coach up an offensive line that hopefully stays healthy you have hopefully a, a new slew of position coaches in a few areas that can get the best out of their position groups then you feel decent about the offense right i would say under those those circumstances the defense you know what you're getting um the, the question, in, in a sense, I, I would still obviously, you know, contend no matter what is that Salah's clock management and just sometimes his whole staff's ability to have their team ready to go from from the opening kickoff is really the question. Um, but I would say that in a sense, you probably feel pretty decent about the rest of the staff and how it looks if what I've just described comes to fruition. What do you think on that?
1: I mean, if you look at the the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they have some legitimate like defensive coordinator candidates. Like, you know, there's multiple, this, the I would say. Secondary, the defensive line, whatever you want to name. I mean, the Jets have had multiple uh experiences in the last year or two where it's like they're developing guys in the D line, Bryce Huff, they're developing Quincy Williams, Michael Carter. Like in, in every position group, the Jets are having a good balance of both, you know, star players, you know, Quinn Williams, CJ Mosley, uh, dj reed and sauce Gardner, obviously but uh they're having a good balance of you know that star that star factor and then also developing guys where you need to save money and find cost-effective ways to make a significant impact so you know the defensive side it's like obviously sala even though he's not calling the place has a great deal it's you know it's his system has a lot to do with that um and there's really i mean there's no negatives really on the defensive side i mean you could talk about the way they've approach certain positions, you know, safety or the Bryce Hoff You could nip that, uh, but contract overall, situation. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, how much more can you ask? You know, if, if you give this defense a consistent lead or you're not constantly pressuring them where it's like, okay, you need to have a pick six against Jalen Hurts with a minute and basically a pick six with a minute and a half ago against Jalen Hurts or else we're gonna lose this game. You know, they put so much pressure on them and still they continue to deliver 90% of the time. So on the defensive side, there's really not much to do. But offensively, you know, especially in the, the Sala era, without the Adam Gase opening scripts, uh, mm-hmm. in the Sala era, we really haven't seen too much offensive success or, or development, really. Um, I mean, you could talk about Brees Hall and, and Garrett Wilson, but at the end of the day, those guys are just incredible players. Like, how much has their development actually been impacted by the their surrounding coaches? So there's definitely a lot of questions to be answered on the offensive side. But when you look at the defensive side, it's it's a pretty – well-run side of the football and there's little you can do to complain about it
0: how ridiculous slash ironic is it that michael floor is now looking like one of the just just another one of the hot young offensive names just as he was when he came to the jets and then now now leaves the jets and and re-establishes himself as i bet he'll he'll float
1: around in three or four years for some head coaching before we'll get a job in
0: in due time for sure i think I honestly do like give him two years under McVeigh too to watch how he runs things if he sticks around and he's probably like a fairly attractive head coach candidate. Um, But
1: it's so interesting because you know if he if he stayed and and they have Rodgers, that's that trade still goes through. It's like. I don't know how well, you know, does that really blend that well? Like, would Rogers have really liked that? Even though, obviously, it's better for the Jets' long-term success and everything, it's like, I wonder what that relationship would have been like. Like, yeah. would LaFleur have wanted more say in the offense? Or would, right. would Rogers have said, who is this guy? You know, I mean, that like, would have been... interesting.
0: Just, that would have been a crazy dynamic, just given that Rogers was leaving Matt LaFleur's team right. to then join right. his younger brother as the offensive coordinator. And obviously, Rogers and LaFleur, like, in, I believe it's from what we we hear, like have a fine working relationship, obviously you won multiple MVPs. So there was plenty of success, but Mike is obviously less, less proven, not head coach in this circumstance. And yeah, that dynamic would be a weird one for sure. <laughs> I, I do think that probably as much as we can talk about the decision to bring in Hackett or whatever, that whole thing, it was never really realistic to probably keep LeFleur under these circumstances, it was probably it, I don't think we'd be discussing Hackett nearly as much if Rodgers was a quarterback this this season. Obviously, the Hackett Lafleur decision has become so amplified by the fact that Rodgers played four plays, of course, and and everything we we know happened over the last few months. But yes, there's there's certainly uh, a butterfly effect to so many of these things, which is which is funny to think about Um you mentioned the defensive side, and I do want to get back to this. And I feel like we discussed this briefly last week when we spoke, but, you know, the, they have run a, a pretty perfect operation on that side. They have, you know, developed players. Of course, Bryce Huff, who you named, is is the guy who's really been in the news and is really the only talking point at this point for the Jets, given, you know, we, we know he is a pending, uh, a pending free agent, and they, they need to make a decision there. I couldn't stop thinking after watching the the games of the past few weeks and, and just the importance of, of putting pressure on the opposing quarterback and having a pure pass rusher like that. I cannot get the thought out of my head that this feels like the Jets are heading toward one of their classic Jets sort of like defining mistakes in in letting this guy walk potentially and just entrusting Will McDonald and, uh, and Jermaine Johnson who are, you know, very high potential players as well, but have not put it on tape the way that Huff has. Um, I, I I feel like it seems like he's out on his way out and that's going to be a mistake. Where are you sort of at um, more specifically on, on the whole Bryce Huff sweepstakes?
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems the way that Bryce Huff has been talking about, you know, he's not going to take a discount and and so on and so on that that writing could be on the wall, but At the same time, I just go back to the fact that the Jets are essentially an all-in year next year. You know, they're trying to win a Super Bowl. And and say Huff leaves and Douglas lets him go because he he doesn't want to pay an extra 15 million or something like that, or an extra year. If Will McDonald doesn't take the leap, the Jets hope and expect him to, then you know, Jermaine Johnson is getting doubled on the other side. And then and a, a team that has Super Bowl aspirations has no edge pass rush whatsoever. And that's what's giving me hope is I think Joe Douglas is going to say, look, maybe in, in three years, Bryce Huff's cap hit is $30 million and we'll deal with that when I might be even gone. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, Bryce or uh, Joe Douglas is saying, look, we need this guy. His pressure rate and sack rates are off the charts, especially in the Jets' recent history of edge rushers. And he might say, we need to do whatever it takes. But the way that it does be, look, and based on the Jets' inability to extend him in the past, or or even consider that really is what it seems like. It does seem like that writing could be on the wall. But I I find it hard to believe that Joe Douglas does not know the massive massive impact that Bryce Huff has on the success of the defense. Because you know then you can take it to a whole another level of there's no pass rush. Their great cornerback room is going to mean nothing because guys are going to break free after having seven seconds in the pocket.
0: I. Uh... I was sort of inspired to, to double down on my Bryce Huff stance and, you know, thinking very strongly that the Jets should should basically do whatever it takes to hold on to him because I saw a tweet that made me laugh that you will enjoy. Um, I forget who it was from. Someone, someone tweeted, like, whatever happened to Jordan Jenkins? Like, he had, like, back-to-back eight sack years for the Jets and then just kind of disappeared and couldn't get a job anywhere else. And, like, there was a time not too long ago, really like four years ago at this point where like Jordan Jenkins was just kind of year in and year out the top pass rusher on the team. He was, you know, good for eight sacks, eight to 10. I don't think he ever got to 10, probably, probably really seven to nine. Um, I'm kind of excited about him each year. Um, You know, were talking about Terrell Basham developing on, on the opposite side and, and all of these, these nobodies. Um, And of course the jets were, were, were spoiled this year with, with, huff with johnson with quinton williams with john franklin myers Quinton jefferson just you know quinton jefferson reporting six sacks these days is, is kind of like an afterthought whereas back in these days six sacks was like a you know deserving of the ring of honor it felt like um so so thinking back to that and really just obviously how hard those those elite pass rushers are to come by in reality is what's gotten me thinking about this um the other thing I saw somewhere, which is just kind of crazy to think about and funny is, look, if the Jets don't end up taking Will McDonald in that first round last year, right? Say they take Jameer Gibbs, who, you know, they were linked to. Say they end up with Roger Jones. Um, say they end up with, with you know, any of the offensive linemen, anyone else. I wonder if Bryce Huff has extended this past, this past offseason. Like after the draft, yeah. the Jets are like, okay, you know, we're building with – Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff. And, you know, that's going to be how we're going to That's going to be our edges of the future, essentially both young, obviously it would make a lot of sense, but okay. the Will McDonald pick, the luxury pick, which of course has been criticized because they didn't really have a huge need at that position has really given them at least the out for, for saying, Hey, we're not, we're not going to pay Bryce an exorbitant amount of money because we've got McDonald here. Um, I don't know. It seems to me like that would be one of those one of those massive jets mistakes. He seems to me like a perennial 10 plus sack guy whose numbers curve could only go up the more snaps he plays. Um, and look, Will McDonald, I think has got got a lot of potential. It seems like the 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 article I think it was on the Jets team site. I don't know if you saw with guys like Solomon Thomas and other veterans on the defensive line giving effusive praise to to McDonald hey, and he's the most, you know, whatever athletically gifted of anyone. Um, but until we see it, it's hard to justify letting Huff go, um, especially when Johnson's, you know, not necessarily a established veteran, you know, year in and year out consistent player at this point, either. Um, Quinton's Quinn Williams sack uh, numbers were way down this year. Franklin Myers is getting older and, and his contract is questioned. So, Lots to dive into on the Jets' defensive line, um, and we'll talk about that more, of course, as we get closer to free agency and everything. I've gone on for a while here. Let's uh, let's just finish off by by talking Aaron Rodgers on the quarterback, because the other thing I wanted to mention in regards to the playoffs and what we've seen this year is: look, you got the NFC divisional round. Your four quarterbacks playing are Brock Purdy, uh, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, and Jared Goff, whereas. On our side of things in the AFC, you've got Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson, and C.J. Stroud, and you know plenty of other elite ones like Herbert and uh, uh, we lost in Joe Flacco, uh, <laughs> and and just plenty of other elite quarterbacks in our conference in the AFC. Um, where do you think Roger stands next year? Ideally, coming off his injury um in in sort of comparison there can he hang with that that top group or do you think the jets are essentially in trouble if if not
1: so tough because i mean it's obviously you know partially dependent on the whole offensive line configuration if they can get a wide receiver too and and how they look in training camp and the play calling and everything like that but i mean it's it's pretty hard to argue that he would be top three obviously you know josh allen mahomes lamar and then if you look in that next tier maybe the the 1a 1b of you know you look at cj stroud and joe burrow it's like it's hard to think of how many guys he really is better in that group so i mean if you're if you're talking the whole afc i would say going in with relatively tempered expectations i would say you may be in that six to eight, six to nine range, somewhere around there.
0: Um which which by the way for the Jets I mean by our standards, would we'll be out of this world.
1: unbelievable. Yeah. Let's right, let's, right. Not, and, let's not let's not
0: forget about that.
1: And to to give some hope on why they wouldn't just immediately be a first round exit with with Rogers as the you know the seventh best quarterback yeah. in the AFC, you look at some of the teams who, who made it to at least the second round of the playoffs, it's like with Rogers, like the Jets have better roster at least better potential than a lot of those teams that were left i mean with with an impact quarterback you know if you look at like the jets i mean the bucks was a little bit of like a a very brief cinderella run but if you look at the bucks it's like bucks have some playmakers on offense but like the jets defense in comparison to some of these teams is significantly better where it doesn't necessarily mean that if you're the seventh best quarterback obviously it doesn't mean that you're a first round exit um, so, you know, if you get even more leaps from Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson next year and and the defense stays relatively the same and and all these other variables, it's like there's no reason why having the sixth best quarterback in the AFC does not mean or can't mean that you could be in the AFC championship game um, right. one year from now. So um, we really don't know because by the time Rodgers steps on the field, it'll be, you know, a year and a half for the most part since the last time or, or a, almost two years since the last time he played consistent football but um you know obviously the talent is still there you know he won two mvps you know two or three years ago um i don't think anyone doubts that he has that in him it's just a question of are the jets going to put the pieces around him and and you know it is good that he will have a whole uh whole offseason to to rehab and get ready for that
0: i do think it's interesting you you just look at the teams um that that have been in you know and it's and it is those top quarterbacks, but it's without in, in many of those cases with without, the, you know, some crazy, crazy group of, of skill position support players. I mean, in Kansas City, you've got Kelsey, of course, who's, you know, by no means the same Kelsey. You've got Rashid Rice, who's, you know, on the rise. And Pacheco has turned into a really nice little player, but was a fourth or fifth round pick, you know, two years ago. It's not like they've got game breaking talent there um outside of of Kelsey and Buffalo of course it's, they've got Diggs and I would say that Diggs is on the decline and and is not quite maybe as scary as he once was you've got Khalil Shakir who all of a sudden is coming on and and Gabe Davis who's you know Mr inconsistent wasn't even playing um and James Cook at running Great back agent and, too. right and they've got two good tight ends don't get me wrong um but you've got in, in Houston even, Devin Singletary, you know, journeyman running back at this point and take Dell was out. Um, You know, they, they were, they had Nico Collins and Robert Woods and Xavier Hutchinson playing um, Schultz. receiver. Right. So, it, it, you know, and the Ravens, of course, for what it's worth, have Gus Edwards playing running back, have Odell, Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, Jose Flowers has, has turned into a really nice player for them. But these teams that are, those top four because of course are are paying huge money to their quarterbacks aside from, from, from Houston, who obviously will down the line are, are, you know, employing fairly depleted skill groups, groups that are, that are on par, if not arguably worse than the Jets group. I mean, when you think about a healthy Jets group with, with, you know, Conklin Garrett Wilson, somebody else, whoever it be um, and, and Brees Hall, that group is as good, I would say as, is any of those groups, probably uh, it's the offensive line where the jets are, are lacking and those other teams, you know, are, are thriving. But I think it's not like, you know, we've thought about naturally just the, the Bengals team, because because they've been very good the last two years with chase and Higgins and like sort of have this idea in our head. It seems like that you need like two studs at receiver, like the, you know, the jets really need Devante and Garrett Wilson. And not that that's a bad thing because of course that would be, fantastic but you know that receiver addition doesn't need to be a super superstar in the prime of their career necessarily to you know be a very effective one and of course you can't overstate just how important those potential you know offensive line additions will be for this team because if you can protect Rodgers he is you know arm talent wise and you know mentally of course in that group with with the quarterbacks we've named and will keep the Jets in games and and competitive in these games. The other thing with the teams we just mentioned, by the way, of course, is the Jets beat the Texans with Zach Wilson uh, and and the Texan roster, because it was the same, you know, they knocked CJ Stroud out in the fourth quarter, but Stroud played the whole game and threw for 30 yards or something, right? You know, and felt like he threw for zero yards that day. They beat Buffalo, of course, in week one, they beat them last year as well. They, should have beat the Chiefs if there was not a terrible holding call on the uh, on the yeah. Michael Carter interception. So three of those teams they they beat they actually played the Ravens pretty tough two years ago in the opener. Um, that was before Todd Monkin was the offensive coordinator and the Ravens defense was playing. That was a level Joe there Flacco right too, and that was Joe Flacco's my point the, that would only bring it up because it was Joe Flacco and a uh, you know a, a lesser Jets team than than the Jets are now. So you know, whatever, there's naturally significant doom and gloom around the Jets. I as well am, you know, not the most optimistic after what we've seen this year. But I do think those are important points to keep in mind where it's like, when this team was just competent through, you know, points of the season, they were playing with these with these playoff teams and, and beating them. So it's it isn't like, we're a whole world away from anything, obviously, they beat the Eagles as well. And even Denver finished strong. Who they beat? Um, so, a little positive. Uh, Jets talk to end the, to end us there. What are your final thoughts before we probably transition to talking more specifically about free agency needs, potential targets, maybe some some reminiscing about uh, prior off seasons in the coming episodes.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, if when you add Rogers and you add uh stability on the offensive line and wide receiver two, there really is a path to not necessarily in year one guaranteeing that they're gonna make the Super Bowl, but like it's not that many teams in the in the AFC that are completely unbeatable, especially when you add Rogers. Right. And the one thing that I do that stands out when you look at uh when you look at the teams who made it far in the in the AFC side of the playoffs, it's it is great coaching all around, especially compared to, you know, what we've seen. You know, it's Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, D'Amico Ryans, you know, all these guys, Sean McDermott. It's like, that seems like one of the biggest, if not the biggest gap between the Jets and these teams. It's like, isn't it? The, I mean, we talked about it. It might be Rodgers, but is Hackett, Robert Sala, are they really going to be out-scheming those guys? Here's what I'll say.
0: The freezing cold in Arrowhead. Here's what I'll interject with, which I think is interesting, and my other weirdly positive Jets note to sort of keep in mind, and you'll appreciate this. Hey, all of a sudden, if Mike McDonald gets a head coaching job, the Ravens defensive coordinator, say, I mean, whatever, it's, it's, say one of Todd Munkin and Mike McDonald get a head coaching job. I think that's a very safe bet. So they, they lose one coordinator. Say Bobby Sloak, the Houston Texans offensive coordinator, gets a head coaching job. And let's say, look, the Bills don't honestly don't scare me coaching wise. Like the Jets just sort of have their number where they seem to be able to at least hang in the game with them every time. And we haven't even seen them play Buffalo yeah. with Rodgers yet. So you, you feel okay about that one. And let's just say the Chiefs get a little crazy and win the Super Bowl and Andy Reid wa- rides off into the sunset or something like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, that conversation changes and you don't feel, feel nearly as bad about how the Jets stack up. Because it's like Cincinnati will be better next year, but Zach Taylor doesn't scare yeah. you probably. And, you know, Bill's gone. McDaniel's a, you know, a good coach, absolutely. But we 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 see the flaws there. So it's like, I don't know. Some of these, some of these really great staffs could be falling apart. Bengals lost Brian Callahan too. So it's, I don't know. There's that's just All my right. my point that there's a path there, even as well.
1: If if that happens, the only team that is downright horrifying me of the thought of of uh us playing them would be still the ravens with harbaugh that is the only team where it'd be like okay that is an incredibly tough matchup for the jets you know it feels like they always struggle with with you know mobile quarterbacks but you know this is a whole other argument of course but yeah i mean definitely you know the reed is getting up there there's been there's been rumors of that um and obviously like you said the chiefs are getting older travis kelsey who knows
0: maybe like kelsey retires too maybe a year year (laughs)
1: later and and you know Buffalo going into the whole Josh Allen, uh, the new the higher cap hit, and you know Miami. It's like questions with Tua, and the more the more you say, I mean, we are ending with some Jets positivity, which is good. You know Deshaun Watson, that whole situation right. looks like a mess. It's like right, I'd rather them have Watson
0: under side right. than it with what we've seen. <laughs> right, right,
1: and then you look at the NFC, and it's like okay, you obviously have the Niners, but it's like the Eagles have so many questions. It's not. We're not going to walk into the season next year and say, assuming nothing goes tragically wrong, we're not going to walk into the season next year and say, there is a
0: 0% chance.
1: There's a zero, There's no team that is undoubtedly, we wouldn't stand a chance against them, which right. which you couldn't have maybe said going into this year.
0: Right. And I think we'll finish on this because we're running out of time here, but to, to sort of cap up your point, I think it's like, you know, there, there are teams even this year that made the playoffs that were like, they they just don't have the makings of a team that's like gonna win the Super Bowl like Tampa Bay for example in the NFC of course like Pittsburgh you know they they just made the playoffs and it was like okay like you know maybe they can go on a mini Cinderella run like you mentioned earlier but like they they just don't have the the wherewithal right. to to really even just make it to the Super Bowl in all likelihood the Jets going into next year's playoffs if if you know they make it fingers crossed and they're healthy are not in that you know tier of consideration by any means despite of course some of the shortcomings that we have talked plenty about they are going to be probably viewed as more of the like uh they're probably more like the lions ilk, even though the lions are like extremely well coached and that kind of goes against what we're saying but just in the like oh like don't want to play that team like definitely don't want to play that team at home their building going to be going crazy because they never make the playoffs All and right. like they have the makings to go on that, that Cinderella run and, and yeah. win it, but obviously could totally conceivably lose in round one as well because, for example, I picked the Rams to beat the Lions literally in round one, but also it's no surprise to see the Lions doing what they're doing right now. They just they want to be a good team and um, obviously still took care of business this week against the Bucs, and now our one went away. So yeah, Jets, we'll see you in the AFC Championship game next year and uh <laughs> this is probably then, our first
1: positive segment since week one when uh not the non rogers week one discussion of a win the, versus buffalo
0: the pain has wore off a bit the, the shock has worn off um are, so are you going to go to the super bowl next year when we're in it or you're going to be more of a watch at home type of guy i don't know what you're playing with very very
1: very quickly would you would you go because I i've had this do thing with my friends i would go and as much as I want to say I wouldn't go, it would probably be the only one
0: of our lifetimes. Oh, that—that's
1: the, the only thing convincing me.
0: Oh, that—that that there's no doubt about. But I don't know where it is next year. I got—I gotta have to, you know, start my prep, I guess. Once we well, once we get Vegas in It's Vegas this year. Vegas this year. Um, I don't realistically. I like. I don't see myself go. Like, I just like. I don't envision myself there in my head when it's the jets winning the super bowl i'm more like in my living room at home with my dad type thing um that's always just like the fantasy how it goes um but you're right i would certainly not be banking on going to the future Jets super bowl or the uh the repeat attempt the year later it it would be accepting that i will uh i'll take it in from home and and i'll be at the parade for sure
1: that would be a great problem to have. That's for sure. <laughs> I hope I hope we're debating this <laughs> at any point in our life.
0: I sure hope so. We've been texting about the Jets every day and every Sunday for what? At least probably 10-ish years at this point. Yeah. And yeah. We haven't seen a playoff appearance yet since since our days of having a cell phone for sure. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. 2025 brings that that'll finish off this episode of flight school we'll be back next week talk to you guys soon